The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerate. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Our number two, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. Or get us on The Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz. Click like. You're good to go. There's Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. At Brad Kellner with two L's. At Aaron is blitzed. At Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. You know the number for that, too. Uh, missed the first hour? I thought Brad did a pretty good job. Aaron, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Okay, good. Sweet. Thanks, good. man. So, you know what? Well, only one hour. I mean, you... <laughs> I got time to screw it up. You got two more to screw it oh, up. Oh, yeah. But I think so far... And uh, three more tomorrow. Yeah, well, let's not look too far ahead. Oh, let's no. Let's get through today first. So far, A+. Plus. Which which is really good. You're saying you're going to DFA him if he can't finish out these two innings? Yeah, I'm just saying, and you know, sometimes uh, you have to you have to send guys back. I'm getting optioned to the uh, Spanish station down the hall for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I almost made a really inappropriate joke. Mm. Thank God we're going to Lance Zerline. <laughs> uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Lance Zerline, NFL Network, the bench, uh, the superstar of the entire station. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? like you oversell me every week yeah well i mean i i i just uh i have mucho respect for you my friend i appreciate it Fred. uh so you actually got to go out to texans practice i guess you're one of the special ones who gets jj watt jerseys and things like that uh tell us a little bit about your boy easterby and 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 you know i've been speculating that casario is just bill (laughs) o'brien in a different role and that he's got all these puppets uh what does it look like with him out there well, I mean, he's on the field. Jack's on the field. It just, you know, he's a part of it. Uh, if you thought that, I, Jack wants to be a football guy, first and foremost, that's what he wants to be. And, you know, I know his role is, I don't know, vice president of football operations, character coach. You know, he's told people around the league that he's just coaches character and he doesn't do anything with personnel and doesn't do this and that. But, you know, out on the field, I mean, he's, He's walking around uh, a part of the whole action. I mean, it's not like he's running practice or anything like that, but he's on the field. He's part of it 100%. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's what he does. Other than that, I don't, you know, I don't know behind the scenes what he's doing right now, but uh, I didn't pay too much attention. I mean, I saw him, just noticed what he was doing. Uh, we've just talked to nauseum about him. He's here. He's not going anywhere. He's locked in, so... Um, Nick Casario was kind of standing around with uh, position groups, court, uh, wide receivers at one point, quarterbacks at another point. So, I mean, he's he's you can tell he's a hands-on type of general manager. He's not standing off to the side. I mean, he's there by the position groups. I'm sure that must have been what he did when he was in New England, or maybe he didn't, and this is what he's always wanted to do. I don't know. So, um, yeah, it was it was standard OTAs. You have footwork type stuff being worked on. They're just helmets, sh- shirts, shorts, and not not real exciting. I mean, it's just 
they're kind of going through the motions of fundamentals and techniques, stuff like that. Lance, what do you make of Tyrod Taylor, what you saw from him, and also were you surprised by anything that he said when speaking to the media for the first time last week? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think he said what he needed to say as uh, the guy who's going to be the leader of the team. Um, I wasn't – you didn't see a whole lot all he was doing. And, and the practice I, I was at, it was, uh, I don't know, an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. A lot of drop-back stuff, maneuvering around. You know, they simulated some one-man rush stuff. There's nobody on the field. It was just quarterback maneuvering around and throwing to a single pass catcher. And it wasn't like it was wide receiver versus corner. Like I said, it was <clears throat> very basic footwork-type stuff, throwing off platform, trying to maneuver and find your platform and throw. Um, I, I thought he was okay. There was nothing that really stood out from an arm standpoint. You can tell that. Jeff Driscoll and maybe more importantly Davis Mills, you know, has, Davis has a, a a really good arm, and he you can see that he he throws the ball smoothly and he has some velocity on the throw. So uh, from from a standpoint of Taylor, I think leadership is going to be the real key. And then you know you just hope that he is willing to <clears throat> be a good guy in the locker room because look, at some point Davis Mills is going to have to play this year. You have to at least get some type of clue as to what you have from your early third-round pick because more than likely you're going to have one of the top three or four picks in the draft. So you need to have an understanding of if you want to maybe take a shot and give Davis Mills more time to develop and build around him with position players or if you are going to go a different direction and look for a quarterback in the draft. And, of course, it would be disappointing to have your first pick of the third round be a backup quarterback, but – such is life. I mean, the Patriots' way is not about CYA. If they didn't, the guy didn't get the job done, Belichick and Nick Casario would cut him quick. I mean, it didn't take a whole lot, or they would. They certainly weren't. Um, they certainly weren't. weren't going to be uh, locked into a player they drafted, and 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 that player was going to start. I mean, you could be a starter running back one week, and the next week you weren't getting any carries. It was always random at some at some point. So. We'll see how it goes at uh, Texans camp, but I I hope that Tyrod is a good leader so that he can, you know, kind of help out the young quarterbacks because that's not always the case with these veteran quarterbacks that know that that they're going to be short-term band-aids. They're not always the best uh, uh, leaders in terms of helping guys around them, but Taylor doesn't really have that reputation, so I'm hopeful. When uh, obviously you can't see too much from from the offense yet, but is uh, there going to be more of a Pep Hamilton influence on this thing, or is it going to be look a lot like what Tim Kelly was calling last year? Uh, that's a good question. My guess is that it will be a collaboration. I think that you know, I think the problem is Tim Kelly. One of the big advantages and selling points you had with Tim Kelly is that he was the guy who worked directly with Deshaun Watson over the last two years in terms of creating and developing game plan and things like that. Well, now there's no Deshaun Watson. So does Tim Kelly's value for that offense, does his, um, does his power inside the system, does his, uh, you know, is he still going to have the same stroke inside the, the, the making of the offense and the creating and the implementation uh, on Tuesdays and the installs of the offense? Is he still going to be, one of those key factors. I think that's an interesting question, Fred. I, I don't know that I can answer that one right now because Pep does have a great background. And uh, Tim Kelly, I think the big selling point for him was that Sean played fairly well under Tim Kelly. Well, Tim Kelly is not, I mean, if Sean's not part of the mix anymore, 
I don't know that that locks in Tim Kelly like maybe it would have when Deshaun was actually going to play for the Houston Texans. So um, hard to say what direction it's going to go in. We, there's really no clues based on you know what practice looked like the other day. Lance, I just came across an article that ranked NFL teams by their offseason, and the Texans were not last. They were 29th on this list ahead of Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Las Vegas. Do you really believe that three teams had worse offseasons than the Texans this year? Well, look, I mean, it's relative. The Texans didn't have much going for them. J.J. Watt was going to be a cap cut regardless. Uh, a, a trade or a cap cut, they had to move on from J.J. The Deshaun Watson thing is obviously a huge uh, kick in the ass for them as it pertains to their off season. However, I would also tell you that when they deal him, they're going to get plenty of uh, picks back. They'll get plenty of draft capital. It can't happen now. Obviously, there's a lot that has to transpire before he – is, is going to be a tradable commodity, and, and the trade commodity aspect or the trade capital is going to have to be rehabilitated um, once he has served his time, et cetera, et cetera, or once teams at least have some clarity. But from the standpoint of the offseason, all the Texans really did was they added more short-term guys to create competition. I guess that's good. I, I guess they added a little bit more depth on the team. I do think the roster is better now than it was at the end of the year in some of the positions, but it's all relative. It's just depth. I mean, it's better because it's deeper, but I still don't see core players. So in terms of the offseason, I didn't like their draft. I don't think this, this year's free agency really is going to amount to a whole lot, but I don't really hold that against the Texans because of the way that COVID set back the, the salary cap. They're, they're kind of forced to, to just get guys on Band-Aid deals because nobody wants to take a long-term deal with a lower cap figure. So, I mean, with a lower you know, salary cap in place for teams. So all the agents are having their players wait. And so we'll see. We'll see if any of these guys stick with the Texans for longer-term deals. We saw them do a one-year deal with Ron Matthew, and he was done. So we'll see if that's going to be the same case with guys like Desmond King on this squad. Lance, uh, the, the big news, obviously, the Titans getting Julio Jones and a second-round pick uh, was, was basically the price, although not a, not a very high one. Uh, your thoughts on that, what that means for the Titans and and – was that basically the best they were going to do for Julio Jones in terms of a draft pick? Yeah, Julio wasn't. They, they weren't getting more than a second for Julio. They, I guess they got a second and a fourth. So yeah, I think it's a fourth swap, um, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think I think they got a second and fourth, but but it was yeah that was about what they were going to get. Nobody wants to give Julio look for them from a financial standpoint. He's expensive. He's getting older. Um, he's still a very good player, but. Can he stay healthy, and how long are you going to have him relative to how long would you have a second-round pick? So, obviously, I think there were some teams who were, were interested in Julio Jones, but the amount of money you have to pay Julio Jones, if you're going to give a second-rounder for him, then you want to keep him. You want to keep him more than a year or two years. You know, I, think, I would think you'd want to have him at least three years, and if that's the case, you have to have the amount of money to fade uh, paying Julio Jones, a, a wide receiver, one, that amount of money. So, Tennessee could obviously do it. You look at a team in the division like the Colts. I mean, they got to pay. They got to pay Quentin Nelson. They got to pay Darius Leonard. I mean, they're not going to have the money to do it. I thought the Colts were going to get involved, but that money became a big sticking block for a lot of. Te- I mean, a big uh, sticking point for a lot of teams out there. So, I think ultimately this was going to be for for a player who's over thirty years old, a wide receiver. I think this was going to be the best that that they could do was a second rounder and you know and some change. And not having to give up any, uh, not not having to pay part of his salary because apparently that that was what a lot of ta- teams were asking for. 
Right, right. That's the teams we're, we're asking for, and I think that's a big benefit not to have to do that. Lance, one more from me. It's a Texans question again. I mean, in your mind, what is the ideal way to play the Davis Mills situation this year? Like, I watched what Miami did with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tungabailoa, and I hated it, right? I, I just I don't think, you know, starting Fitzpatrick for four or five games, then putting Tua in, but every time Tua screws up, you take him out and you put Fitzpatrick in. Like, that, to me, seems like a horrible way to go about trying to develop a young quarterback. So, best case scenario for you for Davis Mills in terms of when he gets to play, what is that? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. I think the the ideal situation first you have to see. I mean, no team is going to go in tanking. The the closest we saw was Miami, and then we realized by the end of the year they were they were competitive. I mean, they didn't get the first pick. They were they were out there scrapping and clawing and winning some games uh, in the second half of that season. They were a much more competitive team in the second half of the season than the first half, where it did look like they were in full tank mode. Now, I don't think they were intentionally trying to win a ton of games, but I think they wanted a competitive team relative to the guys who wanted to be there. Obviously, they, they moved on from Minka Fitzpatrick fairly quickly. But um, when you look at the Texans, I think the ideal situation would be, let's see what the Texans have. Let's get these new pieces in place, create a competitive culture inside the building, get away from the Bill O'Brien mentality, get away from the Jack Easterby stuff, because he was part of the, you know, he was – it was a two-man crew in terms of building out that roster, and that was a disastrous roster they built with some bad deals they gave out. So I think you have to, you know, see who's really competing, see where the team is, and then once you have an idea and once it starts to slide on you, I think the ideal situation would be to get Davis Mills in there after about 10 games, 9 to 10 games, and I think let him play out the second half of the season. And the ideal situation would be that he shows you the flashes flashes that you wanted to see to make you believe that he could be a quarterback in the future who could lead your team. So if that's the case, I mean, if that's the case, you've got a, a quarterback on a, on a third-round uh, pick contract, which gives you tremendous freedom uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, uh, free agency, your, your salary cap, your ability to draft high-end players around him with your first-round picks that you'll get for Deshaun Watson. It's a win-win across the board if Davis Mills is the guy, but the only way you're going to find out is by giving him a long enough runway to make some, you know, to ascertain his his talent level and ability to transition into the NFL. And I don't think it can be done. But look, look at the Eagles. The Eagles aren't sure. They got Jalen Hurts. They don't know. They played him for two and a half games, and they still don't know. Give Mills a minimum of five games if possible, and if he's terrible. Right, switch it back. Go back to Terod Taylor, and you know, okay, Davis Mills is not going to be – he's not the solution for us at quarterback. All right, that's Lance Zerline that you can uh, follow on Twitter, at Lance Zerline. You can uh, hear him on the bench every morning, Monday through Friday. Lance, great stuff as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right. Let's take a quick break. We come back. Yeah, one more little Texans-related tidbit I want to throw out there about uh, what one of those first-round picks that maybe didn't work out so well. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. This is the blitz on ESPN 97.5. 
You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. He'll be back on Friday. Brad Kellner filling in. Doing quite well so far. You haven't fumbled yet, which is good. There's time. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of time left. We're Mm -hmm. We're not even to halftime yet. And, you know. I'm sure your Longhorns look good for a half, too, sometimes. Oh. But uh, I want to get that in a minute, but I, I'll pay off on the tease here. Um, when we talk about the Texans giving up all those first-round picks, really wish they'd given up the one that turned into Kevin Johnson. Mm. Uh, Kevin Johnson retiring today from the Tennessee Titans at the age of 28. Uh, six seasons of injuries, basically. And uh, he looked really good for a few games in his rookie year. Like, he might turn into something, and then he just broke every time never really uh never really turned into anything really nice kid did an appearance with him during the super bowl longest neck i've ever seen is that right total giraffe neck wow but nice kid did you call him that uh i might have mentioned it okay i'm not i ain't scared no but um just never could stay healthy so dust in the wind kevin johnson are you a masochist like me um, not really. Okay. Why? Because I'm the type of guy, when it comes to draft picks, I always go back and look at the guys who went after the player that my team took, and it just infuriates the hell out of me. So two picks after Kevin Johnson was Marcus Peters, who's been one of the better corners in the NFL since he came into the league. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of talk about that, and there was there was a bunch of character questions about Peters, mm-hmm. and the Texans refused to draft guys with character issues and there is a reason he's been traded twice by two really good teams that is true but damn the guy can play byron jones went 27th to the cowboys yeah he's been an all pro in this league yeah i i think there were better position guys that went after him that would have would have been more effective but mm-hmm. um yeah that and up until the o'brien era where they traded away all their first round picks they hit on most of them uh that was a miss you know i i still don't know what if Titus Howard's going to be a hit or not, but he's also O'Brien, so he probably won't be. But most of the time, you know, they they did pretty well with first round picks for a long time. After that is when the question started. Yeah, well, I mean, the the whole two years of O'Brien. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it it the guy was just not a GM. No. So I want to I, I I know you've talked about this a lot. I'm sure on on your show in Austin, but I'm kind of curious uh, for our Longhorn fans out there. Uh, big changes in both programs, and you know, and we talk about a guy like Tom Herman. Maybe just turned out not to be the right fit at Texas. And we've talked about this a lot about how it's you can be a great coach and not be a great fit. And I kind of thought he would be there. Your thoughts on sort of what went wrong and what do you think Sarkeesian's good? Is, is he going to be the fit? Yeah, I thought Tom Herman was a great hire at the time. But uh, there's a lot more than just coaching that goes into being the head football coach at the University of Texas. You kind of have to play this politics game. And there's a lot of stakeholders invested in the Texas football program. And really, over Tom Herman's last year in Austin, he ticked off just about every single stakeholder there was to tick off. Uh, the players were mad. The locker room was divided. The big money donors, the alumni, were not happy with the Eyes of Texas situation that took place on the field after the OU game. The fans were obviously not happy with that, not happy with the results as well. Uh, The administration was not pleased. I mean, you had other UT coaches come out against Tom Herman and criticize him for the way that he handled the Eyes of Texas situation. So just the extracurricular stuff that you need to do 
And Mac Brown was so good at this. He was so good at making friends, and that's why it took Texas so long to get rid of Mac Brown is because he just played that game so unbelievably well. Tom Herman didn't do that. So when the going got tough, he didn't have friends, and nobody really had his back. I think Sark's going to do a better job of that. I just think Sark's personality is a little bit better and more lighthearted and less kind of a-hole-ish than what Tom Herman was. But uh, he's got his work cut out for him, man. But, look, Tom Herman did recruit well. There's still talent on this Texas roster, and I like the coaching staff hires that he made. So I think everything is there for Sark to be pretty successful down the road. It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, within a couple of years, I think there's reason to believe that Sark can be the guy to get Texas back on track. I think one of the things that made Tom successful also made him a failure in that he was able to get teams up for big games. And all that emotion that, that he put into it and that his team put into it, it also had a negative impact when there were games where you know you couldn't you couldn't get to that level every week, and I, I don't and I also don't think they developed anybody worth a damn. No. I mean they just they'd bring in good players and they were never as good as they were supposed to be. Texas does a worse job of developing blue chip talent than anybody in Power Five in all of college football, and that, that, that's surprising because the reality is all these big programs are going to get. 25 kids they want. They're going to get a bunch of five stars. It's what you do with them. Sure. And it, it's like you can recruit a three-star cornerback at LSU and he's going to be a star. It's just they, they for some reason, that happens. That, that hasn't been happening at Texas. You look at the first-round draft picks, uh, the, the lack of high draft picks over the years, and, and they're getting recruiting classes that were top five. And it just I, I don't know if it's picking the wrong kids because part of the recruiting process is being a general manager and getting the right kids. Mm-hmm. But or just the fact that they didn't develop any of them. Do you know the last time Texas had a first round pick on offense, Fred? Um, no, I don't. Guy by the name of Vincent Paul Young. Wow, two thousand and six. It's the last time Texas has had a first round pick on offense. Shame. It's bad. They haven't had an offensive lineman drafted in the first round since two thousand and two. Oh, by the way, it's been six years since they had any first-round picks. Malcolm Brown, the defensive tackle, was the last first-round pick, and he went 32nd overall. Yeah, he barely barely was a first-rounder. Barely runner. made the cut. So your point on development is dead on. And it's so easy to negatively recruit Texas. It's amazing that they've been able to recruit as much talent as they have because, well, it's all out there. All of those numbers, what you just talked about, it's there. And other programs can easily look at and give all those stats that we just gave and say, hey, if you go to Texas, you're not going to turn into a high-round NFL draft pick, and you're not going to win in college, so come here instead. It's so easy to negatively recruit Texas right now, and Sark's got to find a way to turn that around. Yeah, especially if you're Oklahoma and you say, yeah, look, look how many number one overall picks we've had. Yeah. Yeah. And 14 Big 12 titles, the three that Texas has, yeah. that helps too. Yeah, that's that's, that's – uh... Kind of embarrassing. It is. But it hurts. Uh but basketball wise, I think things are looking up. I mean, I, I I can't imagine a better person for that job. It's awesome. I love that Chris Beard is there. I mean, I, as confident as I am with Steve Sarkeesian, I think he's going to work. Chris Beard is a guaranteed home run hire. I mean, that was the best guy that Texas could have gotten without question. I think he's a top ten, if not top five coach in college basketball right now. He's already shown that he can be successful in this state. He's shown that he can be successful in this conference. He's got great recruiting ties. He's going to be great. He's going to be really, really good. And he, he's proven that he can win in March, right? That's what did Shaka Smart in. Six years, zero tournament wins. Chris Beard took Texas freaking tech to a national championship game. And he had them in the Elite Eight in back-to-back years. If you can do that at a place like Texas Tech, you can definitely do that at a place like Texas. So I'm excited for him. I think uh, that's a can't-miss hire. The 
talk about the difference of being a basketball coach at Texas versus being a football coach at Texas. The pressure is not the same, right. which is why it's it's surprising that Shaka was not a, able to really get the team where they should have been. They gave him a long leash. I mean, Charlie Strong fired after three years. Tom Herman let go after four years. Shaka Smart was here for six years and didn't win a single NCAA tournament game. And his team was never competitive in the Big 12 race until this year. Yet, it's basketball. People just don't care about basketball as much. It's it's football number one. Baseball's actually number two because Texas historically is the best college baseball program in the country. And then basketball's a distant third. But uh, expectations are changing now that, that Chris Beard is there. Uh being the worst in development in Power 5, Michigan would like a word, sir. Hashtag mm. go blue. I don't know. I, I do remember some first-round picks from Michigan here. They had one this year. Yeah. And, and hey, Nico Collins should have been a first-round pick, if you believe oh. Texans radio. He had to sat out. They, he they traded up to get him in the third round. Oh, man. Just like David Davis Mills, if he'd stayed another year, would have been a first-round pick. Sarcasm alert. Mm. All right. Quick break. We uh, we're gonna do a giveaway when we come back, but that, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna take it off of sports for just a minute. Don't go anywhere. It's a blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. is the blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5 live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman and we're back on the blitz you know this song like this part of it is so freaking good and then the rest of it you're just kind of like eh. once it slows down to this this stuff it's kind of like okay as long as this it's a uh, Coheed and Cambria. I don't remember what it's called, but a favor house Atlantic. Yeah, I've I've got it at home, and it's like I bought it because he used to play this on the show, and it's like, oh, this sounds great, this sounds great, and then it gets to this, and you're like, oh, okay, not so great. All right, Father's Day is coming, so get Dad roses. That is four roses bourbon whiskey. How about this? We have one of the best giveaways we've ever done in the history of the known universe to help celebrate. ESPN ninety seven five and the Blitz are having a Father's Day tasting event. Hosted by myself and AJ, assuming he makes it back alive. Featuring Four Roses Bourbon Whiskey. The event will be in the ESPN 97.5 lobby on Wednesday, June 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, Chris Hart will be there, too. It's going to be uh, uh, an awesome, awesome gathering. So right now is your chance to win a spot for you and a guest. Aaron, you might want to call in here. Uh, we'll go. F- I'm, I'm going to make. I'll be m- getting yelled at by Patrick Creighton. Uh, why is that? He's oh, from that's right. Nine. Well, you can sneak out. Well, well, I'll sneak you one in. That works. I can do that. We've worked together long enough. Uh, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make you guys wait a few minutes so that everybody has a chance to tell their friends to call because this is a really good giveaway. At 540 in the PM, caller number four. You know, four roses. You get it? That's yeah. very well done. It's yeah. very specific also. Yeah, it was also just totally... Uh, Huh. Totally random until I decided to make it color four. The five forty thing was, uh, um, you know. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna get to know Brad a little bit uh, outside. Okay, so 
Obviously, we know you're a UT guy. Let's start with the sports stuff. Who, who, are your, who are your teams besides that? So this is where I lose everyone. I grew up in everyone's favorite city, every Houstonian's favorite city. I'm a Dallas guy. Well, we got a lot of we've got a lot of Dallas fans here. I mean, that's the the. I mean, the reality is the Dallas sports scene way better than Houston's. The city itself sucks, but mm. the the sports scene up there is so much better. There's a reason I'm here and not there right mm-hmm. now. I will say that <laughs> if that wins me over and gets me back into the good graces of some folks. So, Cowboys, Stars, Mavericks, all of them. Yes, sir. Oh, that, that, that that's not a bad thing to have around here. That because you know we got to. As Lopez says, strike one Brad and total mm. Dallas is hire him now. That's it. Yeah, this is good. This is good. This is, uh, you know, we, we need some, you need a few holes in the game. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good start. All I will, right. I will say the family is from Houston. Dad's from Galveston. Mom's from Missouri City. So they're fans of the Houston team. So we've got the uh, the household rivalry going on. But I will say, I don't have the pure hatred for the Houston teams that most Dallas people have, right? Usually you you just hate the other side. All right, well, let me ask you this, because most people I know in Dallas, they don't give a rat's ass about the Houston teams. Mm. It's the Dallas fans here that get pissed off, that hate them, because they have to put up with all their friends on Facebook. Sure. It's the Astros the last few years. I mean, the Astros have bothered everybody, I think, every other fan base in the league, but uh, the Astros' rise to success, I think, has been the toughest for Dallas fans to overcome. I think out of the three teams... That would be the one that uh, Dallas people have the toughest time with. Probably because the Rangers came so close twice and didn't didn't get one. I was at that game, Fred. Oh, really? Yeah, game six in uh, in St. Louis. Uh, you know what? Sit those guys down. Teach them how to bang trash cans. Mm. Little, little known fact: uh, your your former manager Jeff Bannister and I graduated from Lamarck High School at the same year. How about that? Yeah. You stay in touch? Not really. Okay. He was too big time for me. Oh, really? Even in high school? Yeah. Well, he was he was an athlete, and I was a wannabe guitarist, weed smoking. Failed athlete. So there's that. I'd say you had the better life. Uh, things turned out okay. Did you, I, did, I didn't lose the World Series. Did you bet on his games? No, okay. no, no. I didn't. I don't bet on baseball. That's my next question. What's your What's your betting uh, prowess? What are you into betting wise? Are you a big enough degenerate to sit in that chair? Oh man, I think I am. I don't know if there's like an application I need to fill out, but uh, on the horn in Austin, I'm known as the the betting guy. I always joke that I'm calling my cousin to make the bets because uh, still illegal technically here in Texas. But uh, anything and everything. If I could bet on the sun coming up, I would bet on the sun coming up, Fred. Okay. So I don't think uh, my units are as high as, as you guys on this show, but in terms of uh, quantity, in terms of how many times I'm betting, there's nothing that's off the table. Uh, listen, we don't brag about our units here. There that's, we go. That's, ah, uh, yes. Not on this show. Well, as uh, a Jewish guy, we'll claim the rabbi cut off the bigger half. Ah, so I'm still ah. having to deal with that. Not happy with him. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, I've actually had to, my children are Jewish. I actually had to be at a bris. Not, not one of the things that I did not like about what you guys do. No, <laughs> not fun. Better they to stand, do it. Went, oh, it's a big celebration. Nope, nope. You just cut my son's thing. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. didn't do it, did you? No, God, no. Okay. I, I tell you what, though, I nailed the, uh, I nailed the little prayer, though. I was like, like wow, it's like well, I just memorized it, and I don't know what the hell it means other than please don't chop off my thing, and then they do. So I got unlucky. I got screwed on my bris. It's supposed to be eight days into your life. Yeah, I had to wait till I was twenty-one to get mine done. Uh, okay. So very that, was unfortunate. That a drunk girlfriend and teeth thing. Or? Uh, mm. uh, yeah, there's there's still some some marks there that I don't want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, all right, so uh, on, on the important so if you got some gambling in you, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, which Disney princess would you bang? Because that's that's oh. the main question. 
if you if you can't get this right, then you got no shot. Oh, so. there's one. Well, I mean, there's not just one right answer, but there are some very wrong answers. So here we go. Which Disney princess? This is an important one. I'm a big Jasmine fan. Okay, you're you're fine. Is that okay? Jasmine is a an acceptable answer. Okay. Uh, Jasmine is number one on on my list. And awesome. Asymmetric tells you the best answers. Jasmine, Ariel is a fish. Ariel is a human. We're cool with Ariel. Yeah, because that was my other option right yeah. there. I'm very attracted to the half fish, half person thing. Yeah, so there you go. I'm hoping to come across one of those in real life. When well, somebody I, well, told me Little Mermaid was not based on a true story, I was I was crushed as a kid. Because yeah, I'm I'm just curious how it works. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Uh, aliens, Bigfoot, those sort of things. My fan, do you, I believe in? You them? Believe yes. I'm a believer. Uh, in which? Mm, all of the above. Really? Yeah. I'm having a hard time buying Bigfoot unless Bigfoot is an alien. Okay. Would he look well, like I'm, an well, alien? Listen, I'm an ancient astronaut theorist, okay? And as such, you know, I, I do believe that if Bigfoot has been here for as long as they claim, that he's probably an alien being that was stranded. Mm. Where do you think he is right now if he was here? Uh, well, I know where he's not. Like, they keep citing him in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. No. That's meth. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably drugs. In Ohio, no. Yeah, why would he be hanging out in either one of those two states? I, I think he'd be fine in the Pacific Northwest, which is where, you know, he, he's supposed to be. And, yeah, you know, I think that if there is one, that's where he is. Okay. Those are better options than Oklahoma or Ohio. I mean, if you're Bigfoot, you got to do better than that. Well, you would hope. Yeah. Plus legal weed up there. Probably, Plus, I guess Oklahoma has it, too. Maybe that's, that's why true. he's been wandering down. That's true. Is anything illegal in Oklahoma these days? Uh, Some of the stories you hear out of that state, like the, the Florida's obviously number one in terms of most ridiculous well, technically, states. But. Technically, meth's not legal, but it's encouraged. Okay. So there's that. Uh, um, what's it called when you bang a dead body? I don't think that's Necrophilia. Legal. Yeah, that was, I don't think that's illegal. But that was still legal in Louisiana up until recently, right? Yeah. It, just, it was just a law they never took off the books? Yeah, so I'm, okay, so we'll ask this one. Necrophilia. Am I in? Yes. I've only done it twice. Okay. I feel like you need three times okay. to yeah. really garner a judgment, make uh, a full opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. First cigarette, you didn't really smoke. Second cigarette, you were just trying it to make sure you didn't like right. it. Right, 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 right. And then, uh, yeah. Is that a euphemism for a dead body, Aaron? When you're talking about smoking something there? No. I don't know if that would work. Um, hmm. I, I mean, you never know. I, I don't know. I've never seen one dead and smokable. Um, Total Dallas says, aliens, yes. Bigfoot, no. Ghosts, no. That's kind of me. I, I don't believe in ghosts. Really? Don't really believe in Bigfoot. Aliens, however, I, uh, you know, I think I, I, I watch a lot of ancient aliens, and uh, I think that's, uh, I, I'm officially an ancient astronaut theorist now, and I do believe that uh, they have contacted us, and I've reached out many times on the radio to tell them, if you're listening, uh, come party with me. Yeah. I'm fun. Have you heard back? No. Okay. No. So I, yeah, it doesn't mean they're not there. No. Uh, it's just like, you know, there's somewhere out there is women who find me attractive. Just because I never hear from them, just because they don't mm. seem to exist, doesn't mean they're not there. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, Aaron, you got to have some questions for him. Uh, this is what I get made for the, made fun of for the most. Uh, do you watch a lot of movies and a lot of current movies as they come out? Bad with movies. I am too. I get made fun of for that all the yeah, time. Yeah, movies and TV shows were all over. I know you guys so, do a much better job of that than hey, I do. Basically, you have to not have a life. Like, well, I, I'm good I, at that. I, I mean, I'm I I watch a lot. Well, partially because 
I'm always interested in, in storytelling as a sometimes novelist. I'm, I'm interested in how people create and tell stories. And so, uh, and I'm really intrigued by, you know, some of the things that I'm going to be able to do down the road on TV. So I love watching shows and trying to see how they structure a story and what characters that you wind up liking. And same thing with movies. Like, and I'll even watch a bad movie just to, you know, not just say, okay, I don't want to do this, but also because I can get entertained by it. Hmm. It just depends. If I could bet on the outcome of TV shows and movies, I think I would watch them more. But I'm the type of guy who just watches seven hours of sports every night. Okay. You know so what? you got a little Pillillo kind of. Mm. Oh, he does have some Pillillo. Yeah. Um, hmm. I got to be careful with my response here. I haven't met that guy yet. I know people people I, love that dude. He's a. I mean, I've listened to him a lot. I actually really like him on the air. He's a wee lad. Yeah, he's 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 very very. Uh, but he's all sports. All sports. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm not saying we can't get that out of you, especially in this city. I hate to break it to you. Like, eh, there's not a lot to get excited mm. about with the teams. No, not right now. So it, it's always the stuff that's. You know, it's much like uh, Floyd Mayweather and, and whichever Paul brother that was, Logan. Hmm. It's a sideshow. And, I mean, we have a sideshow here with the quarterback who air humps in front of masseuses yeah. and has 22 of them and has sticky stuff on his tummy while he's getting this done after demanding a trade. And we have the dumbest leadership in the history of any sport team running uh, the operation. And the Rockets, you know, they basically traded away their best player to start from scratch. I admire that. But, mm. and um, TG Texture says he just sports coat and tie, no alcohol, no crude commentary. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold whoa, on. whoa. I, I can Hold vouch on, for on that. that. I can vouch for that. We got the alcohol. I don't just stay at home and watch sports. <laughs> when I'm watching stuff, I'm watching sports. <laughs> but uh, I'm going out, man. I'm I'm always going out. Um, yeah, he, he he held his own yesterday with a, with a pretty tough group. I'll just say that. Thank you. So, um, we, we were uh, talking to the future mayor of Houston. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Hope so. Uh, but ran into some really cool people, and um, and Brad fit right in with them. So it was all good. But uh, yeah, it's a, that man that Eastern backyard. I actually, was there Saturday, and uh, Brian Ching, who's one of the owners, was there. Had his kids there. That, that's such a cool place. I just shout out to them. They've got a dog park in the back that's really cool. It's just a big area, and. Uh, you know, the, the rain hasn't been great to them the last few weeks. So if you get a chance to go check that place out, uh, Jimmy and Stan and all the guys work there, great guys. So, okay, uh, I'm, the listeners want to ask some questions too. Shoot. Uh, you know what? we got to do a, a gym of the day. We'll start this back at 6 o'clock. I'll, I'll, I'll tease it with one question from one of our regular texters. Ask Brad if he smokes weed. Don't answer yet. So, okay. All right. You guys have more questions that you want to ask? You hit us up on the text line. You can hit us up on Twitch or Twitter. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I have a gym of the day. I have two of them that I like. One of them involves a drunk person in McDonald's and getting arrested, and another involves 90 year olds and sex. So, we'll see. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 925. The Blitz, Blitz on ESPN 97.5.
ESPN 97.5's Market Scoreboard Report, presented by Texas Citizens Bank. Stocks rallied today despite a weaker-than-expected jobs report. The economy created 559,000 jobs last month. The unemployment rate dipped below 6% for the first time since the pandemic started. Wage growth accelerated, and yet the market saw that it as a kind of soft number that should keep the Federal Reserve on the sideline for some time, not inclined to raise interest rates at all or alter their bond-buying pro- programs either. So the market rallied and closed near the highs of the day. The Dow up 179 points to 34,756 within striking distance of record levels. Same for the S&P, which was up 37 to 4229. NASDAQ rallied big up 200 points, more than 1% to 13,841, while the small cap Russell was up just about a half percent. With oil prices rally on to $69.40 a barrel, up nearly 60 cents on the day. Gold rebounded as interest rates fell and the dollar declined. Gold up 21 bucks to 1894 the ounce, while the 10-year note yield dropped to 1.55%, the very low end of its recent range. ESPN 97.5's Market Scoreboard Report was presented by Texas Citizens Bank, the official bank of ESPN 97.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman, and we're back on the Blitz. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We will have one more Four Roses giveaway in the six o'clock hour. I'm not going to say when, so you got to <laughs> hang around. Uh, and, and, you know, we're going to push Jim of the day back. Even though I teased it, I'm, I'm going to be a liar for a minute because the Blitzers are asking a lot of questions uh, for Brad, so I want to answer him. Uh, one of them, how is he on hockey? Big hockey guy. Huge hockey guy. And I love that you're a hockey guy, too. I don't get away with any hockey talk in Austin, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we, we, listen, I, I get that the things that I like aren't... Uh, they're not going to go over with everybody, but that's kind of why I like having the Twitch is we can have a whole t- hockey segment on Twitch, and it's cool. And uh, same thing with horse racing, which you know I know nobody cares about except for a little small group of listeners that that follow us. And you know, so we use Twitch for that a lot. But I, I, I like that you like hockey. That's a plus. Saints Patrick has probably the most important question: Are you an airplane pedophile? Which means, do you recline your seat? No, absolutely not. Okay, okay. Come on now. Dodge one there. <laughs> uh, Does anybody do that? Uh, yeah, yeah, including Charlie Palillo. He's uh, a recliner, even though he's a tiny and doesn't need all that room. I mean, it's two inches. You're not getting a lot of room there. I know, I know. It's, uh, that's what I tell my dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you get. Yeah, thank you. Is that a callback? Beat me to it. Uh, Aaron's great at that, man. Is that a, uh, makes call- me feel good for my terrible call- humor. Callback to the uh, Briss thing. Oh, um, well done. It let's is. see. Uh... What's your take on fantasy sports? More of a daily fantasy guy than a season-long fantasy guy. So the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, although FanDuel's not really a thing in the state of Texas anymore, but uh, that's more my cup of tea versus the season-long fantasy bit. Uh, The question we asked before we went to break, do you smoke weed? I live in Austin. (laughs) That's the answer. uh, Is it an answer? Uh, I'm in my 20s. I live in Austin. It's so it, it's okay. You can we we don't have any rules against this here. In fact, in the city of Houston, it's decriminalized. Mm-hmm. 
um, which means as long as you don't get caught with four ounces, which I don't know that I've ever seen four ounces in my life, then you can partake. So do I need to get my car out of here? Uh, well, if you're dealing, mm. you're supposed to be giving me a deal. Oh, I got you. Um, <laughs> Angel says it's always been legal for white guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I can pass for white sometimes. Mm. I like it. Um, so, all right, that's MMA knowledge. That's that's a big one. You know, before the, the guy who sits here is I know, pretty good at that. I know I'm not him, and I don't fight either. Uh, that would not go very well for me. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time at the gym. Probably easy to tell if you're watching us on Twitch right now. Uh, you know, I was not a big MMA guy until COVID happened. And then the UFC was the first sports league to come back. And I'll be forever grateful for them. So at first it was like, well, this is the only sports I have. I'm going to watch UFC. I'm going to get into MMA. And then I really liked it. I really loved it. And now I'm into it. So I'm, I'm nowhere close to AJ level. I won't lie. But uh, I, I watch just about every card now. No, nobody's close to AJ level. No. So that's... That's just, it's probably a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, but uh, but yeah, that's an important element that that we'd like to keep. And somebody said you have an always sunny um, picture on your Twitter. I do. And yeah, you don't really watch TV. I watch that show. Okay, I watch that TV. All right, that that's there's a start. There we go. Uh, all right, let's let's try some important ones. Rick and Morty. Seen some. Not a regular watcher. Okay. I think I've watched it more than AJ has, but uh, not anywhere close to the level that you have. Letter Kenny. Haven't seen it. Okay. That's Canada, right? It, it is, but it's become popular here, too. Okay. So. Do I need to watch it? Uh, like, that's the top two. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron watches it. Aaron, give him a... I'd recommend it. Okay. Um, If not... For if you decide to stay, if you decide to come here, it's something that people in Austin, I'm, I have a feeling, dig too. Mm-hmm. And it, when you can open up a little bit on it and expand and make the the inside jokes that are on when you reference them in general public, somebody at any bar in the world is going to know, and they're going to look at you, and you're going to have that special connection. Wow, it's already that level of popularity. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's just gone nuts, and it's funny because. When we first watched it, and you know, I spent enough time in Canada, I should be able to understand it. I had to watch it in, with subtitles because they talk so fast, uh, the first couple episodes, mm. until I kind of picked up on, on what they're doing. They speak English up there? Uh, they do, but okay. it's it's a little different. And uh, mm. I was talking to some friends of mine today. And they also pronounce the U in color. Yeah. It's just weird. They, they, yeah. they, they obviously do it as a joke, and... Uh, the one guy who's a really fantastic stand-up guy, uh, he puts S's on the end of every word and stuff <laughs> like that. And there's there's tons of like actually I actually have a Letterkenny hockey jersey, one of the, for the Letterkenny Shamrocks that says No Regretskis on the front. Oh man, and has number ninety nine on the back. I love that. that yeah, that sense of humor is right up my alley. Uh, somebody wants to know your celebrity crush. My celebrity crush. Have to pick one. Uh, you, you know, we'll give you a we'll give you a, a trifecta. You can have three. Okay, oh, that's awesome. Celebrity crushes. Mm, I'm a big Kim Kardashian fan. A lot of people are going to hate that. It's not personality based. Something about her that I really like, and I I hope one day that I can have my career derailed by a Kardashian. So I'm in on her. Okay. Who else am I in on? Margot Robbie right now. Mm-hmm. She's, she's very high on the list. And then is Jennifer Aniston too mainstream? 
No, no. Uh, I, want, I want someone over fifty in there, and she feels like the, okay. the safest pick over fifty. Um, mm. how'd I do? I don't think I don't think Fred's very satisfied. Uh, no, I mean that's okay. We're not supposed to like the same women. If, mm. we, if we did, then it would be pretty boring. Vegas trips will be boring if you do. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Mm. I'm already in trouble. You're not helping. <laughs> you said you're a beer guy during the break. Are you a craft beer guy? I am. Okay. I'm actually, I don't know if I can mention this. I think I can mention this. There's a local beer in Austin that sponsors me on the horn in Austin. Yeah, go ahead. It's called Altstadt Altstadt Brewery. It's actually available here in Houston, starting to expand a little bit more throughout the state. Uh, Very, very good. Brewery in Fredericksburg, if you're ever up there. Awesome day trip. Massive venue. A bunch going on. But, uh, yeah, big into that. And I'll I'll try just about uh, everything that's out there. Um, All right. That's a... Is there ever a bad time of the year to drink barrel-aged stouts? I don't think so. There you go. All right. Yeah, I mean, because it's not a it's not a summer beer, but I'll drink it. Like right now, I'm not drinking beer because I'm still on the keto thing, which I'm. Supposed, <sighs> I'm going to do for like another week. I was then, impressed by you yesterday. By the way, it's going out drinking and you being able to avoid any non keto friendly alcohol. That's impressive. I've, I've gotten good at that. It, it's boring, but it's it's worked. Uh, and I'm doing now. Like I'm going to start taking weekends off, but. uh and it's funny uh, that we got people. Oh, I'm out again on this guy. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm back in on this guy. <laughs> so can't please them all. Yeah. Mm. righty. That's two hours in the books. So far, so good. Don't go anywhere. Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.